would like to quantify this message. This is one of them. You may need it right now. But if not, you better store it up because somewhere out in the future you will need it. Uh, it's amazing how history tends to repeat itself. It's amazing how there's nothing new under the sun. Job said that man's days are few and full of trouble. And they're just some things that we will face in this life. So you might want to store this one up tonight, all right? Matthew 26, we'll begin reading in verse 47. The Bible says, And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, uh, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, the same as he hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Let's pray. Father, we bless you. We sure do thank you for the good singing. We thank you for being a good God. We thank you for taking care of us, watching over us, protecting us, and being far better to us than we ever deserve. Thank you for the good testimonies. Thank you for the good time of fellowship. Thank you for the reading of the Word of God. I pray for the next few minutes you'd help us now, Father. I pray you'd speak to our hearts. I pray you'd encourage that one that is discouraged. I pray that you'd lift that one that is low. I pray that, Lord, you'd give peace to that one that is troubled. And I certainly do pray that you would uh, help that one that is struggling. Lord, we certainly pray, Lord, if any is unsaved, that tonight would be the night of their salvation. I pray, Father, for that one that may be here that is saved but is cold and indifferent on God, that tonight would be the night you'd break their stony heart and, God, they'd be made nigh and their fellowship with you would be restored. Now, Father, I pray that you would certainly uh, speak to hearts and encourage the saints of God, but I do pray that, Lord, you'd help our minds, uh, Lord, be focused on what thus saith the Lord. I pray you'd put a hedge about us. I pray you'd bind the powers of hell. And I pray that everything that is said and done, Lord, would bring honor and glory to you. And I pray you'd help this unworthy vessel to say everything you'd have me to say and help me not to say anything contrary to the word of God. Now, Father, uh, we do bless you. Thank you for today's blessings, yesterday's blessings. Uh, and God, thank you for tomorrow, if you bless us with tomorrow. Lord, because we know you do all things well, we pray you'd help us. Now, I do pray for Brother Sidney tonight. I pray you'd touch that man of God, help him. Lord, I certainly pray for Brother Luther, you'd help that man of God, help Brother Bobby, that man of God. I pray for those that are traveling, you'd give them traveling mercies. I pray for others that are sick. God, you'd touch them. I pray for our shut-ins. You'd touch and help them. I do pray, Father, for 
our young people is their way at camp that you'd bless them and give them a good week. And God, I certainly pray they'd come back fired up for Jesus. Now, Lord, I pray you'd bless now. And God, get glory to your name. We'll thank you for it, for it's in the holy and wonderful name of the Lord Jesus. We ask it all. Amen. Amen. These verses we read uh, is on the night of the Lord Jesus Christ's betrayal. You know that he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's been praying. He's been seeking the Lord. Uh, uh, and he's asked the Lord to let the cup pass from him. Uh, he's not prayed, Miss Rhonda, that he wouldn't have to go to Calvary. He came into this world to go to Calvary. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. When man chose to sin in the garden, uh, God had already had a plan set forth uh, in order to redeem fallen man. Uh, and he knew that Jesus would have to come, go to the old rugged cross, uh, bleed and die for our sins, uh, and that he was buried and rose again according to the Scriptures, uh, that the, uh, 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 the Scriptures would be fulfilled, uh, and that he alone would be the only means for our salvation. Uh, he said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Uh, we know that Jesus died for us. Uh, we know that Jesus loved us. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish uh, but have everlasting life. Uh, we know Jesus made a way for old sinners uh, to be saved by the good grace of God, uh, to be made new creatures in Christ Jesus uh, and make a way with us old vile sinners uh, that we can spend eternity with him forevermore. Uh, but we find here in Matthew chapter 26 something very interesting or something that caught my attention in my heart this week. And uh, I want to share it with you. I want you to notice, first of all, the false intent. The false intent. Look again in verse number 48. The Bible says, Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, the same as he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. Can I say that uh, this is a false intent? If you study the scriptures, Judas has already uh, 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 met with the chief priest and he's already for 30 pieces of silver sold out the Lord Jesus. Uh, he's already committed to betray the Lord. Uh, and we find that when he comes... Uh, he calls him out and he says, Hail, uh, Master. Uh, can I say that word, Hail, uh, means be well. Uh, Judas did not mean for Jesus to be well. Uh, uh, Judas knew what was about ready to happen. Uh, and then he calls him Master, uh, which means Lord. Uh, uh, he uh, knew Jesus, but he didn't know him as Lord. Uh, and can I say, uh, 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 this is a false intent. Uh, he came to this garden for one purpose, and that purpose was to betray the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we see the false intent. Uh, but notice the friendly gesture. Jesus knows why Judas is there. Matter of fact, at the Last Supper, just a few hours before, uh, uh, Brother Ray, Jesus told him, that which thou doest, doest quickly. And Jesus knows why he's there. But look at how Jesus' spirit, look what he has to do. Look, look what it says there in verse number 50. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Mm. 
Jesus calls him friend. Judas just kissed him on the cheek and now he stabbed him in the back and Jesus calls him friend. Hmm? How many times have we betrayed the Lord? Uh, how many times have we not been faithful to him? How many times have we not done what we should do? Uh, how many times have we disappointed him yet he always calls us friend? He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Hmm? But then notice all this is transpiring to fulfill the scriptures. Look at verse 52. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up thy, uh, again thy sword into his place, uh, uh, and all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou not, I, I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? Uh, but how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? In that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, uh, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and ye laid no hold on me. Uh, but all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. If you study all four accounts of this in the gospel, you'll find uh, that uh, when they come to take Jesus, Peter takes out his sword and wipes off uh, Malchus's ear. And then Jesus heals the guy. Now, am I going to arrest somebody that I watch a man chop off a guy's ear and the man I'm going to arrest reaches down and grabs it and puts it back on and it's like it never came off? I'm going to say, whoa, this is way too big for me. But can I say even more importantly than that, when they came, they approached him and they asked him if he was Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, and he said, I am he. And when he said, I am, they all fell down under the power of who he was. I'm here to tell you, if somebody tells me he's the Son of God and I hit my keister, when I get up, I'm not going towards him. I'm hitting the house. Are you listening? But we find that uh, uh, these things had to be done in order for the scriptures to be fulfilled. Jesus tells Peter, if you're going to live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. He said, could not my father, if I ask him, send 12 legions of angels to come take care of me? Jesus didn't come to protect his life. He came to give his life. All of this was part of God's plan uh, so we see, my dear friends, the fulfilling of the Scriptures. And then we find in verse 56 also the forsaking of his disciples. Uh, look how it ends. It says, Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Uh, it's been, you know, I'm amazed, Brother Bob, over the years, and you've been in church for years, and I'm amazed at how many people stand and say, I'm going to live for Jesus. I'll die for Jesus. And then just a little trouble. You can't find them around the house of God. Let me say, first of all, you ought to never make a statement that you're not willing to back up. And never make a statement ignorantly. Because you don't know what you're capable of doing or not doing in any situation. It's easy to beat your chest say, I'm, I'm willing to die for Jesus. It's a different thing when you're looking down the barrel of an AK-47. Can I say the Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked. No man knows that you don't even know what you're capable of doing or not doing. It's the best thing to say, Lord's willing. I'm going to live for him. 
And by the way, he doesn't ask us to die for him. He asks us to live for him. Uh, but I, I'm interested tonight. I, I, I'm thinking about all this this week and this weight on me this week. Imagine when Jesus looked up after praying the third time and he's done heard the multitude coming and he looks up and here comes Judas. Can you imagine how disappointed Jesus was in Judas? Do you... I hope so. I hope you do realize that Judas witnessed every miracle that Jesus did. Judas was there when he fed the 5,000 with just a few loaves and fishes. Judas was there when he opened up blinded eyes and men could see. Judas was there when he raised the dead. Judas was there when he cast demons out of people. Judas was there when he healed all manners of sickness. Uh, Judas was there when he uh, 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 helped the man that was sick with palsy take up his bed and walk. Uh, Judas witnessed every miracle that he did. Uh, yet Judas didn't believe on him. How disappointed Jesus must have been. How disappointed is Jesus in people that hear the Word of God, hear the Word of God, hear the Word of God, see God's blessings, uh, and still not believe on the Lord? Not only did he uh, uh, see every miracle that Jesus ever did, Judas heard every message Jesus ever preached. Amen. The great uh, message, the Sermon on the Mount, Judas was there and heard it. He heard the similitudes and beatitudes. Uh, he heard every message. Judas saw him walk on the sea and then rebuke the sea uh, and the winds and the waves calmed. Uh, Judas was there when the other disciples said, what manner of this uh, that even the winds and the seas obey? Uh, uh, he heard uh, when Jesus pushed off uh, uh, from the shore in the ship and he spoke to the multitudes. Uh, he heard every message Jesus preached in the synagogue and outside the synagogue. How disappointed Jesus must have been in Judas. He not only saw every miracle and heard every message, uh, but can I say that Judas ate every meal Jesus provided for him. For three and a half years, the disciples traveled with Jesus, not having a pillow to lay their head on. They went from place to place, and everywhere they went, who do you think fed them? Jesus did. Judas ate every meal. Jesus must have been disappointed. Can you imagine that Judas witnessed every move of God? How many times did the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious people of the day, go away scratching their heads saying, I never saw it on that fashion? How many times did they see uh, uh, things that could only be attributed to God? Uh, Nicodemus, one of the most religious men of the day, uh, I mean a man that had Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy committed to memory, uh, a man as concerning the law, uh, you could not find fault in him, uh, a man that tithed of everything he owned, uh, a man that never once missed the church service, uh, a man that studied under a great scholar, uh, he came to Jesus by night and he said no man 
doest the works that you do except he be of God. And Jesus said, you must be born again. He said, your religion won't save you. Only God can save you. And can I say, Judas witnessed every move of God. Oh, how disappointed Jesus must have been. Can I say that Judas witnessed every minute of innermost fellowship? Can you imagine the discussion when it was just Jesus and the twelve? Can you imagine late at night next to a fire after the multitudes had been dispersed and sent home after the miracle working was over when they're sitting there and Peter said, Now, Lord, what did you really mean about all that? Those parables, Lord, what was you really trying to teach us? And it was just Jesus and the twelve. That intimate fellowship, Judas was sitting there. Now, can I say that Judas knew Jesus, but he never believed on Jesus. Can I say there's a lot of people going to die and go to hell because they believe in Jesus. They believe he was born of a virgin. They believe that he was born in a manger. They believe he died on the cross. They believe he rose from the grave. They believe he was the Son of God, but they've never repented of their sins and asked him to save them. Judas knew Jesus, but he never believed on Jesus. Now let me say this. Jesus, as the Son of God, knew that Judas would betray him. He knew before the foundation of the world Judas would betray him. But Jesus as the Son of Man, His human side, had to be awful disappointed that Judas betrayed Him. This is what I want to preach on. I want to preach on facing life's disappointments. How grievously disappointed was Jesus in Judas? And friend, if you live long enough, you're going to get disappointed. Sometimes grievously disappointed. Facing life's disappointments. Can I say we too will be disappointed in people? Can I say they'll disappoint us in many different ways? They'll disappoint us with their actions. There are people that will do things that you would never think they would ever do. It will be so far out of their character, and it will disappoint us. Disappoint us greatly, even grievously. Some people's actions will leave you scratching your head saying, I would have never believed that person would have ever done that. Can I say that the Bible says, if it were possible, the very elect would forget that they were purged from their old sins. On any given day, anybody's capable of doing anything. Outside the grace of God, 
there's no telling what any of us will do. But I'm telling you, sometimes people's actions will disappoint you. You'll say, I, I never would have believed they would have done that. Can I say, sometimes people's attitudes will disappoint you. You think, surely, as much preaching as so-and-so sat under, they'd have a better attitude than that. They'd never do what they just did. But my dear friends, I've been saved 49 years. About the time I think nothing else will ever surprise me, I get surprised. If you're not careful, you'll be grievously disappointed. Can I say? Sometimes they'll disappoint you with their apathy, their indifference. I don't know about anywhere else, but I do know how good God's been around here. But it amazes me how there are some people that are indifferent to what God's doing. They get just so apathetic. They get a big case of the, I don't cares. The truth of the matter is, no matter what ministry, I say we have somebody got a burden to want to start. Everybody in the crowd ought to say, okay, preacher, let's do it. Might not be personally for me, but if there's some way I can be a help or help be a part of it, uh, maybe from afar, whatever, preacher, if that, somebody's got a burden, let's do it. But sometimes it's not shiny enough. Hmm. Well, Brother Doug, do we really want to reach out to the homeless? Brother Doug, do we really want to keep going over the jail? Brother Doug, do we really want to reach drunks and dope addicts? The Bible says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. Because if God picked and chose who he would want the gospel to go to, it wouldn't have came to us. But yet, there are people indifferent. They're apathy. Oh, so-and-so wants help to help, help the homeless? Good, let them. Oh, we got a prayer calendar? Wonderful. I'm not going to do it, but wonderful. See, you can be very disappointed. Matter of fact, if you sat in the seat I sit in, you'd get disappointed a whole lot. You know, a common thing that settles me is God called a sheep. Sheep's the dumbest animal on earth. I look at what people did to Jesus, and I think if they did it to him, why wouldn't they do it to us? Apathy can disappoint you. Can I say this? People disappoint you with their accusations. Amen. 
Now we can put on our red cape and put our big yellow S on our chest and we can act like Superman, but the truth of the matter is when somebody talks about you, it's not easy to take. Or somebody talks about one of your children or one of your relatives or somebody you care about, it's not easy to take. But it's really not easy to take when it's not true. And it's equally not as easy to take when they're shooting them from afar and they don't even have the courage to stand up and face you. One thing, if I'm going throughout the community saying, you know, Gamil Kirtman's a sorry, no good. But then when I see him, I shake his hand, smile at him. You know what that's called? That's called a coward. But then when Brother Gamil hears that I've been talking about him like a dog, that disappoints him. He's thinking, look at how many times I sat at meat with him. That's what Jesus is thinking. How many times has Judas and I sat down and had a meal together? We did just a few hours ago. And would he do anything to my face? No, he had to wait till he had a multitude with swords and staves. He's a coward. Hmm. Listen, I, I found this out to be true, Brother Jim. The Bible's true. The Bible says if a man has an ought with a brother, you're to go to him. And if somebody's got a problem with you and they won't come to you, you're not the one with the problem. But it'll still disappoint you. Sometimes grievously disappoint you. Something else I've learned, Sister Mary, those that you help the most and are the kindest to are usually the quickest one to turn on you. Can I say Bartimaeus isn't the one that betrayed him? Hmm? Can I say Zacchaeus isn't the one that betrayed him? The little lad with the lunch isn't the one that betrayed him. It's one that was the closest to him. The one he'd done the most for. Sometimes they'll disappoint you with their accusations. Sometimes they'll disappoint you with their abstention or their rejection or disapproval. Hmm? There are some folks that just will reject what the Lord is doing. That's what Judas is doing right here. Judas is rejecting the Lordship of Jesus Christ and in a few hours he's going to hang himself and go to hell. Yeah. I've been privy to know of folks do heinous things to the church or to God's man to end their life end very abruptly. A dangerous thing to mess with God and the things of God. But I'm saying that these things can disappoint you. 
And Brother Brian, I'd like to tell you that you can go down to Walmart and there's insulation where nobody's ever going to disappoint you. But it doesn't exist. In every walk of life, you're a candidate to be disappointed by somebody. Can I say disappointment comes from friends? Did not the Lord call him friend? Disappointment can come by your friends. I've known people that have been friends for decades. And a little wedge will come between them. Then they spend the rest of their lives, they don't even talk to one another. Can I say disappointment can come from family? Can I say nothing should be more important than family? If you're blessed to have family, you ought to be thankful. Family can be a wonderful thing, but I've seen some of the ugly side of some families. When I used to work in a funeral home, you wouldn't believe some things I saw. Huh? Folks don't show up to the viewing. They're emptying out the house while the rest of the family's at the viewing. I've seen it. Crazy. I've seen them have to have the law there not to let family members in at a funeral. That's crazy. And in dealing with families for years... It amazes me how much dysfunction there is in families. Huh? That's one thing you don't mess with with Miss Annette. Family's important at the foster household, and she'll just tell the family, hey, we, we ain't acting that way. We're going to get along whether we like it or not. But you can't be disappointed by your family. There's a lot of folks in church tonight brokenhearted because of a family member. And I say this, disappointment can come from your fellows, fellow church members. There should never, ever be a story of there ever being a problem in a church. Church ought to be the haven of this world. Church ought to be a refuge in this world. There's one place there ought to never be any problems, it's the church house. But yet in this very early local church, you got one who's not a believer. And he's causing problems. Can I say? Church members can disappoint you. Your fellow church members, your fellow co-workers can disappoint you. Hmm? You know, work is a dirty word. It's a four-letter word. But you got to work. And isn't it amazing? You don't have to work very long. You'll get a, you'll get a co-worker get under your skin. But that one doesn't bother you as much as that one that's supposed to be your friend who throws you under the bus. Coworker can disappoint you. You kids in school, classmates can disappoint you. They can lie on you. They can lie to the teacher about you. They can lie out on the playground if you still got playgrounds. I don't know what to have in class anymore. Uh, your classmates can disappoint you. But your fellows can disappoint you. Huh? Can I say this? Folks you're familiar with can disappoint you. Hmm? Just disappoint you. 
Can I say when it comes to getting disappointed? Disappointment can bring anxiety into your life. Hmm? We live in an anxious society anyway. Go back and watch Andy Griffith. You know what they didn't have? There wasn't no anxiety. Even Otis knew where the key was to lock himself up. About the only anxiety he ever had is when Ernest T. Bass come into town with rocks. I'm telling you what. We live in a pressure cooker of a society. And it doesn't take much to bring anxiety into your life. Can I say anxiety with it comes nervousness. When you get disappointed and anxiety comes in your life, you may not even recognize what it is, but you just find yourself having a hard time breathing and just on edge. You feel overwhelmed with anxiety. It's like you can't take anymore. You ever been there? I've been there. I've been there on the wrong side of Popeye's. I've stands all I can stands and I can't stands no more. You know? I felt that way and not had a can of spinach. Wouldn't done any good if I had it. I just would have looked at it. I ain't eating that stuff. It's nasty, huh? Mm. Listen. I don't want to hear how good it was for Grandma and Grandpa and all that. Grandma and Grandpa ate liver and onions. They ate spinach. They ate a lot of stuff. You know what? They didn't live to be 90 and 100 years old either, huh? Huh? Ate lard and all that stuff. A lot of that stuff ain't good for you. It'll clog your arteries, huh? No, I'm just talking about there are things that will overwhelm you. You become anxious when you are disappointed. There's a heaviness that comes with anxiety. You just feel like you have a weight hanging around your neck. You just don't know what to do with it. As a matter of fact, if you're not careful, under that disappointment and that anxiety hits you, you'll turn on the very ones you love the most. And I say disappointment not only comes with anxiety, it comes with anger. You find yourself angry. Angry at the one that disappointed you. And angry at life in general. Disappointment can bring anger into your life. You know, anger, if it's not dealt with, turns into bitterness. And once you become bitter, my dear friends, you're heading down a rabbit hole that does not end well. And I say disappointment also brings anguish, brings distress and grief, brings heartbreak, brings great sorrow. So I said I was going to preach on facing life's disappointments. How do you face it when you get disappointed? Help for disappointment can be found three ways. I say, first of all, it can be found through dependence. 
The worst thing you can do when you get disappointed is want to run to an island or a cave and isolate yourself because when you isolate yourself and you're trying to figure out how to deal with this and you're trying to handle it on your own, you fall deeper and deeper underneath it. The devil always wants to get you isolated because then he can fill your head with more junk. Because when you've heard the accusations being cast at you, uh, then when you get isolated, the devil starts throwing some more at you, and it may not necessarily be true, but he don't care. He's a liar and the father of it. So you've got to learn in order to deal with disappointment, you deal with it through dependence. And can I say you must deny your emotional responses, which that's what we are, we're emotional beings. But you've got to learn to separate fact from emotion. And that's not easy. And you must deny that first initial emotional response, what you want to launch out and do. You've got to deny that. And you've got to learn to turn to the Lord for help. Remember, he was touched with the feeling of our infirmities. That's how I know that he was disappointed in Judas. He knows what it is to be disappointed he knows what it is to be rejected he knows what it is to be my dear friends put to death without cause so you must become dependent on him here's why friend he can handle it we can't handle life's disappointments but he can you see I found this Miss Sharon when I've learned to depend on Him, He not only handles my disappointments, He handles me. He carries me along with it. But it takes learning to become dependent on the Lord. And if you're going to run somewhere and isolate yourself, run to your prayer closet and call upon the Lord. It takes dependence, but it also takes dialogue. You've got to learn to talk about what is disappointing you. Can I say, don't talk about it with everybody. Because there are some people that have loose lips and loose lips sink ships. There are some people you don't want to tell them your business because it'll be spread quicker than the evening news. Hmm? And you'll be disappointed again. Hmm? But if you've got a confidant, talk to him. But even more importantly, learn to talk to Jesus. He's a great listener. Oh, and he's always got wonderful advice. He'll never steer you wrong. He's given us a whole book full of ways to direct our paths. And friend, again, it's always best to talk with somebody who's been there. To get help with life's disappointments, it takes dependence, it takes dialogue, but then it takes directive. Say, so what do you mean, preacher? You've got to focus on God's plan for your life and then follow it regardless of the disappointment. Hmm? Only then are you going to find the strength that you need to overcome the disappointment. That strength comes from God. Listen, God's got a plan for our lives. This plan is on a path called straight. This straight path that we're on has a lot of places 
where we can get ambushed. How many of you used to like watch westerns? Three of us. I still like watching them. You know what I keep on my DVR? Chisholm. Love Chisholm. That's a great one. Huh? I got that one. I got a few other John Wayne ones there. It, every now and then it's good to just watch John Wayne walk up and punch somebody. That's a good deal. Huh? That's a good deal. Hmm? Uh, yeah. Just telling you the truth. Huh? It'll help you with some of your anxiety watching him punch somebody. But we're on a path called straight. And there's always somebody looking at bushes. The devil's got fiery darts. But can I say the devil also uses people? Can I say even other believers sometimes get this thing called the green-eyed monster and get jealous? Now, why we would we ever get jealous of one another? I mean, we all came from the same place, dust. We were all rotten and sorry, no good sinners. We was all in a gutter somewhere, and Jesus came by and picked us up and saved us. And can I say, if he's blessing somebody more than he's blessing you, here's the reason why. He's got more of that person's heart than he has yours. And the fact that you're looking at somebody and jealous that God's blessing them, should tell you your heart's not right. But here's the thing. You're walking down the highway, and all of a sudden, Clint Ruby don't like it because God's blessing you more than him because you're driving a Corvette instead of a Mustang <clears throat> and uh, takes pot shots at you. Uh, we saw a pretty Mustang today, and that's said, boy, that's a pretty car. Mustang. It's no Corvette, though. What I'm telling you, though, is there are people that will find fault in anything. Huh? You drove in here on a hog and then you got the audacity to wear a shirt to back it up. What are you trying to do? Rub it in our face? We saw it. Huh? Get over it, big boy. Huh? But it amazes me the most idiotic little things that people get hung up on. It is. It's crazy. You know we ought to all be in hell tonight? The only reason I'm not going to hell is because Jesus saved me. Uh, there's nothing good in me. As a matter of fact, the great Apostle Paul said, Who shall deliver me from this body of death? Talking about himself. I mean, if Paul realized how worthless he was, how much more should we? But still on this path called straight, there's somebody going to take shots at you. Somebody doesn't, doesn't like you over this, doesn't like you over that. You've got to have a directive for your life. And the Bible lays it out. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If you're looking to the right or looking to the left, or if you're too weighted down with this one over here, or this one over here is aggravating you to death, and you got your eyes looking around, you're never going to walk the path you should be walking. And disappointment is designed to keep your eyes off of Jesus. The only way. You'll face life's disappointments and come out unscathed. Just look at the one that was disappointed far greater than any of us. He was without sin. And he came into this world and the world crucified him for it. And can I say, he allowed it to happen because he loved you and I. 
And so when disappointments come, you look at him and you say, you know what? He's never disappointed me. He's never done anything but good for me. And you keep your eyes on him. And it's real hard to find anything but love when you're looking at Jesus. Now, friend, I'm not going to say disappointments are easy. They're not. That's why they're called disappointments. They're appointments that go bad. They're not good. They hurt. Brother Brian, when you get cut, you bleed. It hurts. But can I say, Jesus has a balm of Gilead that can make the worst hurt tolerable. Just keep looking to him. Disappointment comes. You can't avoid it. But you can overcome it by walking with him. And the more of the whole armor of God you have on you, the more disappointment will slide off of you. But God help us to look at our great ensample, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the measure stick. He's the one we're to pattern our lives after. And he faced disappointment, but he still followed the directive. He didn't call 12,000 legions down. He did what he came to do. He went to the cross and made a way of salvation that you and I can be saved. Here's the key. We get knocked off the path. Somebody else might not get saved because we didn't follow the directive. Long before you ever get disappointed, God knows it's coming. He wants you to stay on the path. Not easy. Stay on the path. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep talking to Jesus. Keep depending on Jesus. And disappointment will get smaller and smaller. Friend, I hope you never face anything earth-shattering in your life. But I can say this, if you do, Jesus is there. And He knows how to pick up the pieces. And He knows how to give you peace that passes all understanding. I highly recommend it. Keep walking with Him. He'll help you through life's disappointments. Let's all stand tonight. Maybe you need to come and pray and get some help. Maybe you need to come talk to the Lord about it. Maybe you want to come tell Him you love Him. Maybe you want to come tell Him, thank you for helping me with some disappointment in my life. Maybe you're here tonight and He spoke to you about something else and you need to come. Why don't you come and talk with the Lord? He'll help you, friend. Miss Tina, if you'll come to the piano and while she comes, Brother Clint, if you'll get a song of invitation. I want you to be real sensitive tonight. Maybe the Lord wants you to go to somebody and just tell them they've been a blessing. I don't know. Somebody might be here tonight disappointed in you. Might be used of the Lord just by going and telling them they're a blessing. That might help them through their disappointment. So be real, real sensitive. While they're picking out a song, let's pray. Father, we're thankful for the Bible. We're thankful for what we learned from your life. We're thankful that no matter what we face in our lives, you're greater 
and you can help us through it. Lord, I pray if there's anybody here tonight disappointed, you'd help them. God, I pray if there's anybody here tonight discouraged, you'd help them. I pray if there's anybody here tonight that Lord's just backslid on God, you'd help them. Then, Lord, I do pray if there's anybody here tonight facing anything else, you'd help them as well. God, I pray if anybody's here tonight and you're speaking to them about salvation, they'd come trust the Lord. I pray if there's anybody here tonight, Lord, you're speaking to them about any other matter. they just mind the Lord. And God certainly help folks be sensitive and obey the Holy Spirit. Lord, we'll thank you for it. Bless now in this song of invitation. We'll thank you for that as well. In Jesus' name. Thanks to listeners like you, IBC has had over 100,000 views on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, subscribe today. And as always, thanks for listening.